At the Honda Summer Sales Event, one summer adventure leads to another. Start with a great offer on a new Honda and be on your way to remote beach weekends, deep forest discoveries, and sunsets next to a campfire that you built yourself. For a limited time, well-qualified buyers can get 1.9% APR on the 2021 Honda CRV, Ridgeline, or the all-new 2022 Civic. Start your Honda safe adventure at NorCalHondaDealers.com. Exclude Civic Type R. See dealer for financing details. Good evening, Detroit Lakes. This is the Vikings Territory Breakdown. The new look, the new feel, the new emotion Vikings Territory Breakdown. Breaking down the Vikings draft and some other gigantic NFL stories for the week for you here on KDLM Sports. I'm your host, Joe Johnson, owner of uh, VikingsTerritory.com, PurplePTSD.com. A bunch of other sites, TheDraftTeam.com, which you should definitely check out, uh, FranchiseTag.com, a new app that's coming. Things are crazy. I like the Vikings again. I don't know what's going on. But I am joined again by my podcasting partner for the last... I'd say four years, but he hasn't been around for for a couple weeks. Mr. Joe Oberly, how are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I, I got to say before we jump into the uh, the draft recon. Uh, I, speaking of Detroit Lakes, I I spent this week talking to two Lakers uh, uh, from the area. People uh, well known in the in the area. Uh, uh, Golf coach Chris Smith and his daughter Kate Smith, who just won the individual Big Ten title for the University of Nebraska. I know how much you like the Big Ten, Joe. Yeah, she's right. heck of a golfer and and a five-time champion, state high school champion in Minnesota. And now uh, she played in Augusta this spring, and uh, now that her, her team's going to the regionals, and I, I just want to give her a shout out. I enjoyed talking to them both, and it was a a lot of fun. I of course, said I'd, you know, I'd mention their names if they tuned in tonight. So hopefully they did. But uh, so there's that. So I'm that might good. double our ratings. There you go. That's the whole idea. <laughs> yeah, word of mouth, it's the, the the best form of advertising. How we um talked a little bit uh, because as people, uh, I guess the if I'm doing the math correctly, the two people that listen to this show. Uh, may remember I've been uh, very heavily promoting Ohio State guard, now current Vikings guard, Wyatt Davis. So you texted me about that, as did uh, almost everybody. But I just wanted to get your, really quickly, your uh, thumbs up or thumbs down on on the draft if you had to choose one. Oh, me? Yeah. Um, Oh, let's see. Yeah, I guess uh, um, it's a thumbs up. I was pretty excited the the first two days, and, you know, I, like you, and really liked the – the the pick of Kelly Mond, um, I, I don't know that you don't dislike it, but I saw at some point that you were struggling with it, and uh, mm. uh, until they picked up Davis. But uh, you know, I I I'm so curious about how this all goes down with the draft, and and maybe our guest that we have is gonna can help us. I don't know, but it it it's just funny. How do they know for sure that Derisaw is gonna be there at 23 and then trade down when they're sitting there at 14 and he's right there and that's the guy they want, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, I, I started thinking of uh, uh, what's that, that baseball movie uh, with uh, Brad Pitt and Moneyball. Uh, Money. Yes. 
And you know, when they when they get on the phone with all these people, they're probably asking them all these questions like they do, just not only to try to make a trade, but to try to figure out what they're going to do, the other teams are going to do, and they're probably going to, uh, you know, then make a decision. Okay, they're they're not interested in this guy, so they're going to, you know, yep, he's going to be there. You know, it was it was just you know gave me visions of that. I was thinking about that, but because you know I, I get frustrated with uh, 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 Spielman's trading down all the time. Yeah, and you know. I, Often it, it works out great, and uh, once again it did, I believe. Although I, you know, the word is he tried to trade up for for Justin Fields, and we can we can certainly talk about that. But uh, I remember texting at one point. I think it was in the fourth, third, or fourth round. If he starts trading down, I my head's gonna explode. And I said Zimmer's <laughs> might too. And uh, you know they hung on to all the third round picks, and they got bodies that I, I think uh, is really gonna help the teams. Speaking of Davis and. And I think Kelly Mond's a nice pick for the future, and 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 some of the other holes. So, you know, I, if you want to grade, I, 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 you know, usually under report these things. So I, I was about a B plus, but I, I think they did really well, and and uh, definitely helped the team. So thumbs up from me. Yeah, I'll get into my feelings a little bit as we go along. I mean, I thought it was safe for the Kellen Mond pick, which I, I don't really understand um, that much, which we will talk about. Uh, I think shoring up the offensive line. I think the the article I, I covered on Vikings territory, um, the head of the college scouting department for the Vikings came out and said about six months ago, the Zimmer came out with an edict essentially or an, a, a directive that the, they needed to get bigger offensive linemen, which Joe you'll recognize. I mean every offensive minded offensive line minded uh, big guest we've had on this show, Tice Burke, uh, I, we've Sullivan. I've, yeah, we've talked to Sullivan. I mean, they've all basically said, I'd rather have, at the end of the day, a big offensive, offensive line that can... Joe, I lost you. Are you still there? Yeah, I lost you too. <laughs> oh, my. But, yeah, I think that... Um... Shoring up the offensive line, obviously, has been topic 1A or 1B on this show or the shows that have predated it, plural, for years. And so, I, you know, I, I don't want to be that guy. I mean, I've talked to Sansevier a lot this week on his show, and he's written a couple articles uh, where he's been uh, really skeptical of the Darisaw pick especially. And I think there's some valid concerns there that he's pointing out. But at the same time, I, I, I called for them to take to do these things. So I have to believe that uh, they're going to work. And I kept thinking about that though, jokes. You've said a couple of times, what would happen if they actually did the things I asked for? Then I'd be, I'd have to actually see cousins <laughs> come through and it's been a, the actual tangible fear of mine for, for the last couple of days. And so I Brush guess we, on, baby. we will see, but we uh, have a uh, joining us yet again. He's been on the show a couple of times. He co-hosted the show last week. Uh, one of our draft experts from the draft as well as the upcoming site, minihoops.com. Mr. Josh Fry, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Good to be back on the show. Excited to talk about the Vikings. <laughs> as the draft guy, I wanted to kind of get where Oberly was before I introduced you to kind of uh, see if you guys differed at all and then just mute myself again and, and hear you guys go at it. <laughs> um, but... What was the, what was your take on the overall draft? I mean, were you uh, were you pleased by it for the Vikings? I think I think Spielman did. 
I, I hate to use this word so, so loosely, but I think he did a masterful job of just wow that that trade down in the first is still getting Darisaw picking up Wyatt Davis in the third as late as he did. Like I don't know if he actually anticipated any of that or if he's just super lucky, but at the end of the day, he he pulled off some really crazy moves, and I think they were one of the big winners of this draft. Yeah, we were texting as the third round was going on, and I was like, and we did a, like a marathon first round sort of coverage, you, uh, Kirby, and I, and I kept twice i basically said i'm gonna i have this really negative article but i'm gonna wait because 10 minutes from now it could just age horribly and i don't want to jinx it um but it turned out to work i guess (laughs) both those articles would have been like completely wrong within five to i don't know an hour um but i wanted you know your interpretation of 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 those trades and the fact that, you know, the, the, one of the bigger stories coming out overnight after the draft or the first round or maybe the second round, I can't really recall, but uh, was that the Vikings kind of had this moment of, oh, my God, our guy, Justin Fields, might actually fall to us at 14. They didn't really expect that to happen. And then they were uh, sort of, I think the word was surprised and stung by the fact that not only did someone else uh, trade up and, and nab him, but it was the, the Chicago Bears, which means uh, we could be dealing with the fallout from this for the next 10 to 15 years if he pans out. Um, our guy? Who's our guy? Is that your guy? Let's, no, it seems like the Vikings really wanted him, but they didn't think it was realistic to get him, or if they were going to get him, they'd have to give up some sort of it was too expensive. Yeah. Exactly to trade up. Yeah. We saw some, you know, obviously trades in the last couple of weeks that just the draft capital to even move up to, you know, the uh, five to five, four, five, six range is, is just insane these days. Um, do you, yeah, Spielman would never do that. He'd have a he'd have no, an aneurysm if he had to give up that much draft capital. Exactly, and I feel like <laughs> too at the same time, then you would have you know, depending on what you also would have traded up just to move up to what the eleventh spot I think was, or was it the tenth or the eleventh spot? You, yeah, you wouldn't have been able to draft again until the mid third round. You wouldn't have had those extra picks that you got from trading down, and then the offensive line would still be in shambles. It just didn't seem realistic to take Justin Fields. But I mean, what was your interpretation of him as a quarterback? Do you think that um, uh, the Vikings are going to be kind of screwed for the next decade? That he's going to develop into a, the quarterback that the Bears have basically been looking for since uh, as long as the Vikings have been looking for someone to draft and develop. Um, Josh, I mean, at the end of the day, I think the Vikings come out better with this than they would have if they ended up with Fields, if that makes any sense. I think those extra picks definitely help them a lot more than Fields would. Um, Fields is definitely, don't get me wrong, he's a a great quarterback. I think he's going to pan out to be at least something in Chicago, but I'm not convinced he's going to be like the Hall of Fame Aaron Rodgers type where you go into every single week fearing that he's going to somehow pull the game out and win it in the last possession or something. Yeah, and if I would agree with that, um, if, why why was he not picked sooner then? If if that was the kind of guy he's going to be projected to being, so um, and we know the Bears have a propensity for tra- trading up and drafting quarterbacks that aren't aren't exactly Hall of Famers. So yeah, uh, I, I I you know if I you know just to chime in off of what Josh said, you know I we the Vikings made some draft picks with the capital they picked up in that uh, trade to to be better right now and 
I don't know that Justin Fields, he might make the better Bears better uh, this season than they were last year. But, you know, if you get him, would you have to start him instead of Cousins? And then uh, I don't think he's as good as Cousins this first year. So I don't think the, the Vikings would be as good next this coming season had they, they picked him up now down the road. You know, that, that we'll have to wait to, to see on that. But uh, so and I, I, I'm uh, I'm OK. They didn't get him. But I, I, every article you see and everybody chirping about how great he is, it, it kind of just riles you when you hear, oh, how the Vikings tried to get, go up and get him. And yeah. And uh, uh, so there, there's that. And, and then there's the Big Ten factor. Go ahead. Joe, yeah, there you go. It. it did kind of cast a pall over the celebration a little bit, I felt like, because it came out, at least when I saw it, like really late at night. And it was like everyone was so happy locally. Uh, nationally, we didn't get as much uh, credit or shine. A lot of the grades were B minus, C plus. A lot of people didn't like the the Mond pick. A lot of people were uh, kind of split on the Derisaw pick as well. Um, but I feel like the the quote from the Vikings essentially was, "Why would you give up all of this draft capital to move up to get a guy that you're going to sit a year?" Um, yeah, even, even exactly. though that I mean that year again five years from now we probably won't even remember. Um, but at the same time, I just keep going back to the fact that I would have been happy with him in a vacuum, right? But the fact that they would have then had maybe a third round pick to uh, to start shoring up the line and then a bunch of mid-round spots which is fine for guards but obviously if you're looking for your left tackle of the future and you're, you're in that range uh it just felt like there's too many spots on this offensive line to fill for that to be realistic even if they and hadn't there's... traded up you know because because what they got from the trade down which again i think as josh put it was was a masterful thing especially if derisaw was their guy which of course they're going to say he was because they always say that but um, it, it's all speculation anyway. I mean, you know, we're, we're going on a, a guy's record that and how he did in college and how yep. he performed. I mean, there's some things you can say, yeah, he's going to be able to do this in the next level. And and there's good things to, to say in the same way about uh, Kellen Mond. Um, I will say this. Uh, I, I saw somewhere online uh, just this morning that uh, Trent Delford called Mond the, the steal or he, for the Vikings. He They said that he is going to be – could very well be the quarterback of this draft as it goes forward. I don't know what it is that he's seen, but he he's a pretty good uh, uh, um, evaluator of talent, I think. And he's shown over the years, and and uh, so that that was pretty uh, pretty strong uh, statement coming out of him. So I you have to wait and see, and and the Vikings hopefully have the guys there to develop him. It sounds like he's an intelligent uh, quarterback. He's he's got uh, better moves than than the current one. And, um, you know, they say, well, maybe some robotic nature to his, his, you know, the way he, he is in the pocket, but you know, that's something you can coach up to. And he's not going to be expected to come in to, to play for one or two years. So he has time to improve it. It's, it's something that me and, uh, uh some people I were talking to, we just wanted to see him pick a, a decently high quarterback and try to develop him for once yeah. rather than grab on the fifth or sixth round. And so I'm happy that they did. Maybe Dilfer likes them because I, I was looking at the NFL.com uh, draft profile for Mond today in preparation for the show, and the quote that stood out to me was confident game manager. Um, hmm. I, uh, <laughs> I I do think he fits with the Vikings. I mean, uh, in 2020, he was 
he was that, I would say. I mean, they, they, they had, uh, Texas A&M had a, a strong run game. They ran a lot of play action. I thought it was kind of interesting, though, that, you know, one of the things that they say that he's uh, talented or uh, really good at is uh, RPO and, and uh, red zone execution. And there, uh, that to me, the quote that jumped out was the, the big fight between Filippo and Zimmer over RPO and... Uh, the quotes therein of Zimmer's screaming expletives about being a uh, RPO team. Uh, he was clearly not a fan of that. Um, Josh, what is that was kind of negative, Joe? Come on. I know. Come I on. got see. It's 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 the the Godfather quote. You know, every time I I think I'm out, <laughs> the negativity pulls me back in. Um, uh, Josh, though, what I mean, what would you say? We're uh, about Mond. I mean, I I saw a lot of people. Uh, uh, Vikings fans putting out like you know Patrick Mahomes 2.0, but then I'm seeing a lot of you know confident game manager, uh, you know his rhythm, his poise and rhythm aren't that great, but he's also not that antsy in the pocket. I mean, what would where do you uh, kind of put him? Um, I mean, I think he's definitely a de- developmental guy. Uh, I don't think he's got all the tools uh, right now, but down the road. If you give him a couple of years just to learn the Vikings offense and then come in like year two, year three, I think he's got the potential to be a really great starting quarterback. I know there's a couple guys before the draft that were just giving him a ton of praise for his pocket awareness, his RPO um, abilities. And there was even a few rumblings that he might actually end up being better than Justin Fields. So I think the Vikings Ooh. definitely got a really good pick, especially for a guy that was early third round. I mean, they did pretty much, they'd done what they needed to do in that first round. And then the rest of it was pretty much just gravy. So why not try to take it, take a stab at a backup quarterback, which I mean, it's another area that just needs to be improved. It, anytime you have somebody that's not named Sean Mannion as your backup yeah. QB, you're going to feel a little bit better. So I think and it's I w- a great pick. And I wondered if there was part of them that, I mean, obviously he's going to be the backup, but I, I also saw in the NFL.com um, draft profile uh, that an unnamed scout said might lack consistency in regards to he's kind of erratic with his uh, completion percentage to ever become more than a solid backup. Um, I, I obviously don't think they would they would take him in the third round and just say, well, he'll be our, back, our backup forever. I think that uh, he has some of the tools that Cousins doesn't that really I think Vikings fans are salivating over that we've just touched on his mobility, the RPO stuff and, and where that is in the league right now. Um, whether or not uh, Zimmer and company are the, the regime to, to modernize their offense and do things that way. I, I, I question, um, but I guess we'll see. I mean, it'd be really exciting to have a, an actual, you know, mobile quarterback uh, alongside, you know, Dalvin cook. Look at what a guy like, you know, Josh Allen does, and, and I think that, that uh, you know, I think that Cousins should uh, contact Aaron Rodgers, and they can get an apartment together and have a little pity party. Do, do you know what I, I? Okay, so I wrote like my fiftieth "I hate Diggs" article uh, over the weekend because he yet again <laughs> uh, shaded the Vikings for no apparent reason on his Twitter, and you know, I I've, I was kind of going after people that that were saying, well, you know, the Vikings suck. Diggs is right, and I think two things can be true at the same time. Um, the the main thing there, though, is that the Vikings, I don't think, ever really mistreated or lied to Diggs, even though he manifested that they lied to him by drafting Delvin Cook. But the difference between Cousins, 
and and Rogers, I think in this is instance reinforces that because uh, it was reported, obviously, what some of the things that Rogers were was mad about, or the final straw not being included in in decisions um, the, uh, of player personnel that that were released, so on and so forth, or obviously the Jordan Love draft pick. The Vikings actually told Cousins ahead of time that they might yep. take Bond in the yep. third round, and I think that. You know, I in the article I wrote about uh, Rodgers this weekend, you know, I don't think any team is ever going to kowtow to, to even an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson and say, well, yeah, just, you can be co-GM like LeBron James and come in. and." But you would think that a guy of Rodgers' pedigree would be at least not sitting at home watching the draft like the rest of us, getting the news of mm-hmm. Jordan Love like the rest of us, and then blacking out after drinking an entire bottle of tequila because he found out there where he didn't find out. You Je- know, from the Jeopardy team must not have been on, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think it's uh, the Cousins, the mom thing, it just shows that, you know, there's a right way to handle these awkward situations, and communication is usually the key. But um, since you brought it up, I mean, do you, do you think uh, – there's any actual re, uh, uh, realism no. to Rodgers not playing for Green Bay this season? No, no, no more chance of uh, of you becoming your staying positive Nelly for the or, you know non-negative Nelly. They're 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 both going to happen. He's going to play for the Packers and and you're going to turn negative at some point. Oh yeah, I, there's I mean I'm already halfway there. <laughs> uh, it, I mean it would be great. It would also be great if the timing lined up for him to come to Minnesota. I mean, I would love that jersey next to my Favre jersey. I mean, that was the main. I thing. just want the turmoil to continue, Joe. I, I just want this to keep going on and dragging dragging its tail into the the off season yeah. uh, stuff. And and by the time camp rolls around, it's still undecided what they're going to do. And and uh, he's still bitter. And and. You know, I, then again, it could backfire. Last year, he played really pissed off and and became the MVP. So maybe he he does so again. But um, I, I I think it's you know having that kind of uh, crud going on between you and the quarterback and your and your you know your staff is is not good in the long run. So um, it's fine with me. Just just keep it going. Keep keep these stories coming. Let Favre was chirping in today. He was saying that he he thinks his days are over and. Green Bay, and he doesn't know squat about it, you know, uh, as far as I know. So I, I just, just, just keep talking about it. Yeah, I mean, well, Josh, what, what do you, what do you feel about the situation in general, or do you think that there's a chance that Rodgers either sits out or forces his way into a, some sort of trade to an AFC team? I'm sure. Um, I mean, I do think that it's a little telling that Denver didn't take a quarterback especially Mm -hmm. in the first round. I think they might be anticipating something, but I'll also say that you guys might be in luck. (laughs) This turmoil is going to continue. I don't think he gets traded before June 1st because of how high his cap hit is. So I think we got at least another (laughs) month or so of this stuff going on before (laughs) anything actually happens. You know, they, they did pick up Teddy, though, didn't they? Teddy yeah, Bridgewater. but that, that's a they really did. good point because everybody was saying whether he's going to be the veteran in the room for whomever they end up yeah. taking, you know, that's and that, that didn't happen. So, I mean, that's uh, good for Teddy's career. I'm sure he'll get another chance to prove that he can be a full-time guy, even though I think nobody really thinks he, he, he can be. But <laughs> doesn't um, make sense, Joe, to, or, and Joe and Josh. I mean, to wouldn't you have wanted to trade him now before this draft so you can yeah. include some? 
draft picks from this year and next year to pack the so you don't take too big of a hit in one season or something like that. Does that make sense? I mean, I it would make sense, but I just again, I just think that cap hit is just so massive and I this thing it's been a thing for a while, but I think the Packers were just trying to throw it under the rug for as long as possible and then all of a sudden on draft day Aaron Rodgers and his uh, agents yep. leak something to Ian Rappaport. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, but they said it, it was it was reported that uh, from Rodgers at the uh, uh, Kentucky Derby that he was mad that it came out at all. So that that was the report I read that 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 was someone put a microphone from in front of him at the Kentucky Derby, and he was said he was really disappointed that this came out because this had been festering for a long time behind the scenes. So. I'm not sure what. Maybe the. Do you think maybe the Packers could have said, "Let's make this public and try to force a, a pre-draft yeah. trade," since we haven't gotten anybody to to take us up on it. I mean, maybe they've been working on this for a while, and they said, "Well, you know, let's just see if we can in the twenty-third hour put something out there." I don't know. It's. I love it, Joe. You nailed it, though. I mean, it's just and Josh too. I mean. Um, it benefits the Vikings. It benefits to their fans. The drama is great. It just seems like, you know, my entire life being cognizant of football, the Vikings have had a Hall of Fame quarterback, or the Packers have had a Hall of Fame quarterback playing. And the Vikings have been through 37, you know, who's either has been or who's that. And uh, it's just great to see that now that the both of those Hall of Fame quarterbacks basically uh, end in a gigantic Hindenburg style uh, disaster. Uh, with the the organization, I think that uh, we might see a few more Roger Deers uh, coming this way. Who uh, <laughs> Roger was a lifelong Packers <laughs> fan, and then at like sixty switched over to being a Vikings fan because of how the Packers treated Favre. So hopefully we uh, get some some more of those people who I, I can't I actually respect too much outside of Roger. He's a great guy. I just can't see it happening. I I, I just don't think there's any way that that he's gone. I I I mean it I think it is uh, Rodgers and his divaness coming from I mean he was bitter when he got drafted at 24 and yeah. bypassed by everybody and he's been bitter about this and bitter about that and along the way and always always got kind of his his you know uh, undies in a bunch it seems and and uh this is him again now i think there's some legitimate reason here they should have communicated with him but uh i just i, I think cooler heads prevail and and you work something out they do something to make him happy and pacify him at least for a season and when it makes more sense to trade trade him away or or part ways with them or something but man ha ha you can't possibly do that I mean, he's still in his prime when he's just the the MVP. Just won the MVP. You can't you can't say okay. I don't I don't think we're going to go with him next year. We're going to bring in Jordan Love, who's who's done nothing, and and you got a team that you're building that has been two out of the last three years was or maybe the last two years was in the NFC Championship game. I just don't get it. I, Can I, you I, imagine I, though him like on the Colts or something? I mean, that team <laughs> would uh, it, it, yeah. He, he would anywhere he would really go they'd instantly be com- thrust into the conversation of contention um yeah. for the most part but him in denver ugh, man yeah uh, that's fine with me I, I i would like to see him in the afc and i would like to see him uh uh in a team that's not on the cusp like you're saying that would the that would Jets. make me very happy now josh you're affiliated with green bay right wisconsin no or is that is that a different uh 
He's a. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a Saints fan, so there I don't know go. if that's any better or worse for you. Okay, okay. <laughs> let me explain it. Let me explain it this way, Josh. All right, I, I've said this before. Vikings fans are raised to hate Packers fans, right? It's like in the DNA of the of being a fan of the Vikings. It's always there. It's existed forever. It's a great rivalry. Up until recently, it was like a 500 split over the decades of who won what regular season and playoff game. Um, the Saints... Well, I should add, the Packers are in our division, right? And there are border-sharing team. Minnesota Wisconsin have a rivalry, so it just makes sense. Right. The Saints earned our hatred in a different way, so I feel like it's much more vitriolic because of how they actually – it's just a random, you know, NFC South team that all of a sudden it, you would have really no other reason to hate outside of what happened in 2009 and, and, and since – um, and so mm-hmm. I think that the the hatred for the Packers sometimes is a little more like campy and like jovial. It's kind of like ribbing somebody, whereas the Saints' hatred is more like, uh, <laughs> you know, bring a knife. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, they they quickly got up to speed with a with a uh, a real hatred between these two franchises. There's no toys about it. You're, the, you're the right. Play, in, in the playoff stuff, and then you have the Kyle yeah. Rudolph non-pass interference call, which it was just like the greatest one of the greatest moments in Vikings history, in my opinion. How did you become a Saints fan? Um. So. We've talked about this a little bit, but I I was born in Wisconsin, but I also spent a few years down in New Orleans. Um, so that's basically where I became a Saints fan. And then I moved back to Wisconsin and realized that I just couldn't stand Packers fans. So oh, I wow. did not want to root for the Packers. <laughs> that is easily... I really like I really like Josh. That's it. You go. know, he's the one. That's the one valid reason to be a Saints fan. You found it, man. You should do like one of those yeah. uh, NFT tokens. It's, that's how unique the situation is. Um, but uh, getting back to um, the draft itself, I wanted uh, – I prefaced a little bit the articles and the, the segment that I do with, with Santavir every Monday, and he had pointed out that uh, NFL.com had essentially said that Derrissaw had issues, motivation issues, you know, uh, finishing – blocks finishing games he releases before he should um nonchalant i think was the word that sansphere kind of latched onto and and basically the crux of his article which is a nano column so it's usually like 400 words it's really small was those quotes and then him saying you know randy moss was nonchalant you can get away with that as a wide receiver when the ball's not coming your way you can't get away with it as the blindside guy um and you know he, being sansphere he kind of gussied it up a little bit and 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 you know really said he was down on the pick because of it. Um, and there was just this gigantic, he said he's never in, in covering the draft since 1983. He's never gotten more emails than he did from that article. Uh, and so I wanted to get your interpretation of Darisa, um Josh, and, and see where you would put him in terms of the, 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 the tackles available in this draft. I mean, do you think that the Vikings pegged him at 14 and then when they traded down, they got lucky or they knew something that they could still get him? Or do you think that uh, it, maybe it was a reactionary thing because of the field situation? They traded down and Derisaw was there, but wasn't necessarily their top guy on the board, but, you know, he was available. 
Yeah, so I mean, as far as the motivational thing goes, I'm not super concerned about that. I mean, obviously you'd like your guy in college going out every single week uh, trying to do his best. And I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say that Darisol wasn't doing that, but I think it's a little bit different when there's a paycheck on the line as well. <clears throat> um, I think now that he's actually playing professional football, he's going to be a lot more motivated than he was in college. And I mean, his talent is still unbelievably good like if that was him playing unmotivated i'd be yeah. terrified to see what he does when he actually is motivated and plays really hard Did every he, week he like not give up a sack at all last season or yeah maybe it was just... like 800 passing or it was 800 snaps or something and didn't give up a single sack and so like, i mean two, I like uh, quarterback like pressures maybe um and that that you that's not to interrupt you but that's a very valid point that if that's him coasting from time to time yikes yeah yeah exactly. the, the point on those sacks too though is you got to uh take into consideration who's who he's protecting you know a fields as you no know, who, who's no he's not fields that's that's the other guy sorry davis uh I, I, i'm thinking his uh uh house quarterback was more mobile than kirk cousins so um that may not just translate right away to the nfl but um I'm not down on him. I'm I'm happy for him. I, I I agree with what Josh said. You know, put put a put a uh, a new contract out there in front of him for four years down the road, and you should see somebody motivated to protect the quarterbacks. You know, right out of the gate. So hopefully that's what we'll see. Yeah, and I mean, as far as like his actual draft position, I think there's definitely a gap between like Sewell, Slater, and then the rest of the guys. But, um. I don't think he's any worse than anybody else that they could have gone with. Um, and then that trade down, I think they do it just because you look at the guys drafting uh, from 15 to 23, and there's not a ton of teams that were going to be taking offensive line there, and I think the, that's what the Vikings' yeah. uh, thought process was. Um, and obviously the only one taken was Alex Leatherwood, which we'll see how that one works out with Vegas. Um, and what was that all about? I... It's it's just the Raiders, man. <laughs> they they always pull off some sort of crazy reach in the first round ever since Gruden got back there. I think the graphic we talked about on the show was that the ESPN's algorithm said that there was a 60% chance he'd still be available like in the fourth round or something. Yeah. I think it was 60% that he'd be available when the Raiders <laughs> picked again at like 53 okay. or whatever it was. That makes yeah. more sense. But Josh, along still. those same lines, how how about Davis? How did they know or did they get lucky again that he'd still be around that late? Because, you know, there were, you know, before the injury, he was, I mean, Joe and I, you and I, you, you and I, we were talking about him in the first round pick uh, yeah. months ago. And, yeah. uh, uh, how does how you know? And even then, I I heard I was listening to something today. I mean, a lot of people had him still going, you know, uh, in the late twenties, you know, in in the first round. Um, how, how how does that happen? That this guy's still sitting there that late in the third? I, I just don't believe. Is there something we should know that we should be concerned about? I mean, I think teams may have overthought this draft this draft process a little more than other years just cuz they spent so much time just sitting on their hands looking at tape um i i think the 2020 season where he took a step back had a little bit of injury issues um that might have scared some teams off but then again we just we also just don't know what teams are actually thinking when they go into these uh draft rooms and actually make their picks um obviously 
Wyatt Davis was a lot higher on the analyst boards and our boards than on the team boards. And that's just the way it fell. Mm, that's weird. You know, and, and, and that just that that really that pick, I think, made the draft for the Vikings. Those first three picks, you know, yeah. to, to get to get him there, to, to solidify the offensive line, get a quarterback for the future. And all of a sudden I would say, OK, Zim, take her away. <laughs> just go, the offensive side would go sit down. I mean, I, I thought that was a, a huge pick. You know, and the Vikings have, up in, even before this draft, spent more top three picks um, on offensive linemen in the last couple seasons in the draft than mm-hmm. any other team. But the, the one kind of sticking point to me was that they kept drafting or, and this has been the case really under Zimmer the entire time, outside of like a Drew Samia, they don't like to draft guards who have actually, they don't like to draft guys to play guard who have actually, you know, played guard before. Um, the, I still don't understand the Ezra Cleveland uh, pick now, especially after this draft, just because physically he doesn't really look or play like a guard. He's, he's not. Isn't it position compact. flexibility, though? Well, I mean, he never played. For them, I, no, I, I just think they they identify something in in maybe that they could, these guys can end up playing tackle if they have to, but at the same time, mm-hmm. tackles are usually or guards are usually much more compact and and mm-hmm. you know uh, kind of uh, core strong as opposed to Cleveland has never played guard before and he's never been on the right side either and he looks like a tackle and, and plays like one um but taking a guy like Davis I think it just it, it it shows that they have learned from those mistakes which is what has been my gripe this entire time um and it's hard not to get excited about the prospects of this offense uh with time i mean what they were able to justin jefferson was able to accomplish um you know last season and and cousins his numbers especially after the bye like three picks and 30 touchdowns like it just if they even have a mediocre pass blocking line in 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 2021 there's no doubt that they should have uh barring injury in uh, one of the top offenses in the nfl and that's incredibly exciting considering all the the things they've done on defense or that they'll get back just through the virtue of time and people healing um that kind of brings up a uh, uh, an exciting pick for me and i always do say that if i am biased towards the big 10 but i'm also biased towards wide receivers i just love that's my favorite position to talk about and um the vikings drafted a guy that checks both those boxes from iowa uh, emir smith marset who has this insane statistic uh that obviously can't translate to well actually it could depending on how how frequently they use him at wide receiver three but he scored a touchdown on uh 12 and a half percent of his catches um i think last season mm. or in general um and he, iowa isn't really known as a team that has good quarterbacks i mean i don't think they the entire time he was there they had a, a quarterback with above a 60 percent completion uh, rate so he's a, a playmaker um, that actually, uh, I wrote an article about him being perhaps the steal of the draft amongst a lot of steals of the draft that the Vikings got, uh, and how he kind of looks physically. His combine numbers are really close to Justin Jefferson. They both had a four four three forty. They both have the same hand size, the same near height, the same uh, vertical jump by a half inch, uh, broad jump, all that stuff. Uh, so sure, I, I don't. I don't think that 12% uh, stat is so great. I did that in high school. Of course, I only got only got thrown 10 passes. So. <laughs> yeah, you only got 
one. Um, <laughs> um, Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. But, I, you know, I, I feel like if if he, um, through the virtue of, of time and his deep threat ability, uh, the Vikings could just further have this embarrassment of riches on, on offense. And so, Josh, I, I, I wasn't sure if you hadn't uh, looked at him at all uh, before the draft or after, but I was wondering if you had any thoughts on on uh, Smith-Marset or uh, the offense post-draft. Yeah, I mean, Amir Smith-Marset, you pretty much nailed it. He's kind of just another Justin Jefferson type, at least that's the way he played in college. Um, I think, if nothing else, this definitely allows the Vikings to become more creative and more versatile with their offensive schemes. Uh, he's a six-foot guy. He's 180. He's not small, but you can swap him and Justin Jefferson in and out of the slot at any time. They can run all sorts of different kinds of routes. So I think that it's just another really good depth piece. And wide receiver three is something that at least some people have really been calling for this offseason for improvement, and I think they've done it here. Yeah, it I... really changes up the room, doesn't it? All of a sudden, we we're looking at uh, uh, Chad Beebe and uh, B.C. Johnson and kind of just going, oh, well. And uh, th- this you know, this kind of puts a little uh, jolt into that room and uh, kind of makes it look exciting again. I, I think it, uh, uh, it'll make the competition pretty heavy in there, and so it, I'm kind of excited about it too. And I think he's going to uh, be big in the return game. I think at least that's a reason why. They they nabbed him. You know, last season they used a fifth on KJ Osborne almost solely to be their uh, kick returner of the future, and that didn't really pan out. And so they'll, I think there'll be competition there as well. But yeah, it's I mean I'm getting all excited. This is sad. I'm gonna buy the new Xbox probably just to play Madden, like but <laughs> do it so the computer plays the computer, so I can pretend it's real. Um, I saw I saw today they were going to sign uh, uh, Zilstra's brother. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that too. He's a Mankato yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. That's that. That's the new pipeline for uh, Minnesota Vikings. Ah <laughs> 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 uh, man, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's really sort of uh, weird just to be excited about the team. You know, I just. The reason I I can say this very quickly. The reason I was so frustrated for so long is because I they were so frustratingly close, uh, a piece or two away that they just seemed to refuse to uh, to actually just spend a third or fourth round pick on and or two or three of them to figure that out. And so hopefully uh, this will be the, the the key that we've all been looking for. Uh, but on the defensive side of the ball. You know, I've been making jokes about Chaz Surratt just because I, I I can't imagine a guy with the first name Chaz being good at sports for some reason. I keep thinking of Chaz Terry, the guy that did a Bronx tale with those big teeth and him trying to tackle somebody and, and breaking his collarbone, and I just can't get that image out of my mind. And that's the type of great uh, draft breakdown content you get from Joe Johnson. Um, but the more I, I – he's kind of a tale of, of two separate – uh, it's like a cognitive dissonance thing with him, almost the same as Kellen Mond, where you see, you know, he's a converted, <clears throat> he was a quarterback converted to linebacker, right? So the, a lot of the, the negative feedback on him uh, is that his instincts just really aren't there. He doesn't really understand angles that great. 
um, uh, diagnosing the action. He has issues with that. He's inconsistent. But because of his physicality and his sheer talent, and then also the quote that I wanted, I wrote down was unwavering level of determination combined with physical talent makes Ooh, him. That's he line he, he yeah I mean he's he's been um you know an ACC defensive player uh first team second team so on and so forth and he he gets numbers on the stat sheet but he just it seems incredibly raw um and so is is that your interpretation of him Josh it seems like a lot of the stuff that that basically can be fixed with time and and proper coaching right yeah I mean I think. He's definitely he's definitely raw right now. Um, he he'll definitely need some coaching up. Um, but honestly, he could become Anthony Barr's replacement at the end of the day. Obviously, with that restructuring, there might be a need for outside linebacker at some point in the next couple of years. Um, so I think Surratt can jump in there and at least be productive from that position. Um, I'm a little bit skeptical just because I don't know if I would have taken him that high. Um, especially when you got a couple other third rounders coming after. But, I mean, they took Wyatt Davis after that, so you can't really complain too much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it might have been a little bit of a reach at the time, but I think looking at the draft as a whole, I, I think it makes enough sense for them to do it. Yeah, and he'll have time. I mean, that's the whole thing with this team. I mean, especially, I mean, which is kind of weird because last season the defense was so depleted, but, you know, you're getting a lot of guys back. And so you have the the luxury, I think, of going for guys like Surratt, who you normally wouldn't if the need was greater. Um, but you can say, well, you know, we're looking at shoring up the offensive line and then a bunch of depth pieces, and that allows you to go after talent over uh, kind of a plug-and-play sort of guy, um, which is a good place to be uh, and should excite a lot of people. Uh, what, what was your interpretation of your squad's draft then um, uh, in the Saints? Did you, uh, did you like what they did? Um, I did not like the first two rounds of this draft. I thought they reached on both picks. Um, the Peyton Turner pick out of, out of Houston, I thought they could have gotten him probably at least in the second or third round. So I think that was a... That was a strange one, especially when corner is definitely the biggest need for the Saints right now. And then the Pete Werner take uh, in the second round, I don't know. Ohio I don't State. know if I like that one either. What was that? I said Ohio State. Ohio uh, State, yeah. I mean, he does have the Big Ten thing going for him. And the Saints, they have a ton of Ohio State guys on that team. So it might work out. Uh, I just think both of those picks were reaches. I do like the Ian Book pick. I think that was in the fourth round. I think – yeah. Honestly, if there's a guy that could turn into the next Drew Brees in this class, I think he's got the chance to do it, especially Ooh. since he's with Sean Payton. Yeah, he's the the Notre Dame guy. Oh uh, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's um. He was. I mean, that every Notre Dame obviously is one of the most storied uh, teams in, in college football, and I think he's got the he's the win, winning winningest quarterback in their history but then again they like wow. ohio state i don't think they've generated a ton of quarterback <laughs> talent i mean outside of what uh joe montana and yeah and then was flutie from there no he's boston college oh there you go uh, uh catholics that's where i'm getting that from um <laughs> <laughs> pro big 10 pro catholic quarterback um 
yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, uh, again, it's, I, I think the Vikings have, have positioned themselves uh, to get right back into the thick of things, and I, 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 I genuinely cannot believe it, uh, to be completely you, you honest know, with you. Interesting, Joe, uh, uh, the Zimmer's rep, uh, uh, you know, and it's earned uh, since he's been here is good year, bad year, good year, bad year. And so I'm thinking we should see a good year, but I, I – I'm thinking, though, because now that they've got such a young line that they can hope offensive line, they can hopefully build together, and he, he shores up the defensive line. And I, I think what they've done through free agency and, and, and the draft, uh, they, they, they've certainly improved. I think this team should ascend, you know, and not do this back and forth each year, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, prepare this uh, mind if, if to take over at some point for, for – you know, when he's ready to do so. And so then you keep getting better each year and you, you don't keep doing this, you know, 11 and two or 11 and five, and then back to eight, seven and nine or eight and eight. It's like, you know, why does that keep happening each year? It shouldn't. If they're, if they're a young, strong team building together, I, I think they should grow on ascend. And I'm, 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 I'm hoping that trend changes in the next couple of years. It's a very strange thing. You know that yes, that that, it is. It, that happens. I mean, I think the cause is kind of been different each season or each time. It's not like necessarily like a hangover, um, in a traditional sense. Uh, so it's kind of hard to get your head around, especially well, considering not. you know Zimmer's regular season record is pretty good. Um, but with the expanded playoffs, I can't. I mean, I think they're they're set for the next few seasons. So at least they should be barring some gigantic disaster i wonder if they'll use mond at all like mix things up uh Taysom hill style and like uh bring him out to do some rpo stuff every once in a while um to kind of keep defenses uh, on their heels i've never eh, really been a fan of doing stuff like that but that's just because i keep thinking back to the wildcat and uh, how much i hated that uh everyone was like oh he beat belichick once let's keep doing it for no apparent reason um, It'd be fun to see that because then at least they could keep the pressure on uh, number one quarterback uh, Kirk Cousins, and maybe if if uh, uh, Mon shows something early, they can go into him next season and say, "Now can you give us a little break on the cap here?" Yeah, uh, Kirk. Yeah, I, that's I don't a know. really good point. I I don't. I was a little, I guess, surprised that he didn't restructure. Uh, not. Uh, I could see why. I don't think they wanted to do another restructure and extend. Uh, I think they'd reached the peak of that, especially since when they seemingly did that, he just got more guaranteed money across multiple years. Mm-hmm. Um, but he seemed like the type of guy that would say, my contract is at this point hurting the team that has invested right. so much in me, and my family loves living in Minnesota, and my kids go to school here, and I like it here, so why not take, you know do what a lot of other quarterbacks have done and let's reinvest some of this money as opposed to all these guys on defense that are, you know, sacrificing their minds and their, and their bodies more so than, than cousins is, or, you know, taking these huge pay cuts left and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps that's going to happen this off season. Like you said, cause I, I don't see that 45 million guaranteed happening, especially if the dead cap is right. 10 million, there's just no way, uh, that's, that's gonna happen. Uh, but I I I, uh, I think that's a good place to put a pin in it for this week. I want to remind everybody 
to check out the drafteam.com. That is a amazing site that Josh uh, is uh, working on a lot with with Kirby O'Connor, who you've uh, probably heard on this show in the last couple of weeks as well. Him and Josh hosted the show last week. Uh, people can find Josh on Twitter at Fried Chicken O Five. That's F R E Y E D Chicken O Five. Uh, you can also find Josh's stuff on Vikings Territory and PurplePTSD.com. Check out FranchiseTag.com, our new general NFL site. That's got a ton of post-draft content. Uh, and uh, I wanted to thank both you guys for stopping by yet again and, and uh, spending some time with me and my new hopeful, optimistic outlook that's <laughs> going to last at least two more weeks. So that should be fun. Right. <laughs> uh, but we will return next week this has been the Vikings Territory Breakdown for the 5th of May Skull our cars will break down and when they do the repair bill can be devastating not anymore you need protect my car whether it's a car truck or suv you can stop paying expensive repair bills call protect my car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today for cars between 2008 and newer expensive repairs for the engine transmission and much more can become a thing of the past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill hits. For total protection of your car, truck, or SUV and less repair bills plus free oil changes, free tire rotations, and free roadside assistance. Just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary. Seriously, who's blowing up my phone? Oh, yeah. Powerball. Big news. Powerball now draws three days a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim.